Amen. All right, you young couples, pay attention. Here's a young couple. We'll find out who it is in a second. A young couple, and they finally decide to get married. That's a good thing, right? Okay. And, uh, but as the big day approached, they grew very apprehensive. And uh, you see, each one had a problem that they had never shared with anyone before, not even each other. First mistake. So the groom-to-be, overcoming his fear, he decides to ask his dad for advice, right? You know, dads know everything. And so he says, he goes, Dad, he says, listen, I am deeply concerned about the success of my marriage. I mean, I, I love my fiancé very, very much, but you see, Dad, I've got, I've got very smelly feet. And, and I'm afraid they're so bad, Dad, that my future wife, she's going to be totally put off by them. And so his dad says, hey, son, no problem. Here's what you do. All you got to do is wash your feet as often as possible and always wear socks to bed. Always. Well, the groom, he thought, hey, this is a pretty good solution. And so he decided to put it into play. And well, meanwhile, the bride-to-be overcoming her fear, she decides to take her problem up with her mom, right? And she goes, mom, she says, man, when I wake up in the morning, my breath is truly awful. I mean, it's bleh. And her mom says, well, listen, honey, come on. Everybody's got bad breath in the morning. She goes, no, mom, you don't understand. My morning breath is so bad. I'm afraid that my new husband, he won't even want to sleep in the same room with me. So her mother said, well, here's what you do. Just, just try this. In the morning, get straight out of bed, okay? Straight out of bed and head straight for the bathroom and brush your teeth. The key is to not say a word until you brush your teeth. Not a word. Well, the bride, she thought this was a pretty good idea and plan, and so she decides to put it into play. So, you know, the loving couple, they're finally married. They had this beautiful ceremony, and not forgetting the advice that each had received, he with his perpetual socks and her with her morning silence, everything went pretty well until about six months later. Shortly before dawn, the husband, he waits with the start to find that one of his socks had come off. So, so fearful of the consequences, he starts frantically searching the bed. But this, of course, woke up his bride, and without thinking, she immediately asked, what on earth are you doing? And the husband gasped in shock, oh no, you swallowed my sock! Yeah. But as you can see, Ken and Jess are doing just fine. They're, they're still working together. They're a great couple, and, and I'm sure they're doing great. But anyway, but how many of you guys would say that uh, that couple was headed for some serious upheaval? Right? Cats out of the bag or socks off the foot, however you want to categorize it. Okay, but believe it or not, folks, the Bible says that our whole planet is going to experience some serious upheaval, and that's going to happen when the seven-year tribulation begins. And you're going to say something worse than, oh, no. Jesus said it's going to be the worst time in the history of mankind. In fact, that unless God shortened that time frame, the entire human race would be destroyed. Why? Because, folks, when you look at the scripture and you look at this final week of Daniel's 70th week prophecy, it is going to be an absolute horrible bloodbath. An absolute total bloodbath. Most of the world, the Bible says, is going to be annihilated during that period. And believe it or not, I think the rise of this current technology with drones and AI, and I'm not kidding, you're going to see it today. You're going to see Terminator robots they're developing as well. I believe you stir all this together, and for the first time in the history of mankind, the Bible is coming alive, and you can see how we can annihilate, unfortunately, most of the planet. But as always, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. So let's take a look at that first half of the seven-year tribulation. What is going to go on during that time frame? Why is this such a horrible bloodbath? Let's take a look there. Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. And again, this starts with the rise of the Antichrist, the white horse rider, but then it's a false peace, and shortly after that, it goes downhill fast. And here comes the slaughter. Okay, and again, this is just in the first, of, of the first half of the seven-year tribulation, okay? But let's see why Jesus said, you don't want to be here, okay? Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 says this. Now, watch as the lamb. Who's the lamb? Jesus. So where are these judgments coming from? Where is this wrath coming from? It is coming from God. It is coming from his throne. And it lasts the seven years. This is the whole seven-year tribulation, not some of it. 
Okay, but the lamb Jesus, he opens up the first of the seven seals. And then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a loud uh, voice like thunder, come. And I looked and there before me was a white horse and its rider held a bow and he was given a crown. And he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest, the rise of the Antichrist. Okay, when the lamb opened up the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. And then another horse came out, a fiery red one. And its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. And to him was given a, not just sword, a large sword. Then the lamb opened up the third seal. And I heard a third living creature say, come. And I looked and there before me was a black horse. And its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hands. And, And then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages, three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine, the global famine that follows. Then when the lamb opened up the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come. And I looked and there before me was a pale horse. And its rider was named Death. And Hades was following close behind him. I don't have time to get in this, but in the Greek, it's very, very macabre. It's basically as fast as people are dying like flies. Hell is scooping them up, okay, is, is the picture that's going on there. But he's following close behind them. And he says they were given a power over how much? A fourth of the earth, one fourth of our planet, folks, to kill by sword and famine and plague and by the wild beasts of the earth. So here we see basically the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, is the terminology here, but this is the first half of the seven-year tribulation. And what we see is after the first seal is opened up and the Antichrist arises, which is the very event that starts the seven-year tribulation. Daniel 9.27, the Antichrist makes a peace treaty with who? Israel, okay? It's too bad we don't see anybody trying to make a treaty with Israel, <laughs> let alone rebuilding a temple for him to go up into, halfway into it, and declare himself to be God. It's too bad we don't got people thinking that you could actually become a God. All those things are taking place today, folks. Okay, and that's what starts the seven-year tribulation. But once it starts, the first seal, he rises in on this false peace, this utopia, you crazy Christians holding everything up, you're gone at the rapture, they, they're excited about it, but it doesn't last long, okay? Second seal is opened up, a global war breaks out, the Antichrist obviously is a part of that, and just to give you an idea how big this number is, believe it or not, I broke out the calculator. How many guys love calculators? Praise God. So I busted out the calculator, went online. What's the current population? Let's take a look at this judgment here, one-fourth of the earth. If this war were to break out today, the death toll just like that would be 1.8 billion people. 1.8, nearly 2 billion people, not million, 2 billion people are going to die just in the first half, just of the seven-year tribulation, just this one judgment. Now, that's still the tip of the iceberg, okay? The Bible says later, another third is going to get wiped out. Let's take a look at that text. That's during the trumpet judgments, Revelation chapter 9, verse 13 through 16. And the four angels who've been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released so that they would kill what? A third of mankind. The number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million, and I heard... John says, the number of them, okay? So now you hear in the seven-year tribulation, another horrible slaughter on a global scale, another one-third this time of the planet goes up in this battle that's mentioned here. Now, this was what was interesting when I busted out the calculator. If you subtract this number, okay, from the first slaughter and then calculate a third off of that, and you know what it comes out? 1.8 billion again. Very interesting. So you bust out the calculator. It just means these two judgments alone Okay, 3.6 billion people, about half our current planet is going to be annihilated. 
And that's not even counting the unfortunate second Jewish holocaust that's coming that Zechariah mentions when the Antichrist chases down the Jewish people. Two-thirds of them are going to be annihilated. That doesn't even count all the other judgments that are going on with the asteroids smashing into the earth and one-third of the uh, creatures die and, and then the ships are destroyed. And Can you imagine the size of the tsunamis? That's, and the, how many people are going to die from that one? And the, the, all the judgments of the water being bitter and the comet and all that stuff earthquakes and every island being that's not even counting that just these two judgments alone one half of our planet is going up like that now my question is this this happens during the seven-year tribulation we don't know the date nor the hour but i think we need to presuppose wait a second if we're anywhere near that time frame then we need to have some serious technology on the planet to be able to pull this off Okay, and that's the question. Do we have the technology now to annihilate half the planet in a relatively short amount of time? Listen, not using nuclear warfare, because some people might go towards that, and I disagree, because again, when you see, even after these judgments, what is the Antichrist, what is mankind still trying to do? They're still trying to eat and marry and giving in marriage. They're still trying to survive. They're still trying to move on. The Antichrist uh, uh, later implements the Mark of the Beast system. There's still some sort of economy going on globally, by the way. So they're still trying to survive. They're still trying to move forward. If you use nuclear bombs to knock out a fourth of the planet in the first half, we're not even talking the second judgment, the third, you're in a nuclear winter and you ain't doing nothing. So I think it's pretty confident to say that you've got to have some sort of technology that's not nuclear, but yet somehow, in a relatively short amount of time, annihilate one half of the planet. Do we have that technology? Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of it is being put into play, and the pieces are being arranged right now around the planet. And I, think, I see this with this drone technology. And in order to control this technology on a global scale... They're not just equipping it with military in different aspects. We'll get to that in a second. But you've got to be able to control this on a uh, uh, global scale, on a massive scale, way beyond what the human brain could ever do. So you need an artificial brain to do it. And they're developing that as well. And they're tying it into the same technology. Okay? And, and last time if you were here, we saw with the technology they're using with drones, they're using it to monitor us, they're using it to control us, okay, on a global scale. But it's also being armed in order to, listen, take out any resistor on the planet. Remember we saw last week, Revelation 13, with the Antichrist and the false prophet? If you don't do what they say, because what was the verbs? Order, force, and cause. Make, order, force, and cause. If you don't do what they say, what was the penalty? You're going to die. But how in the world are you going to know who's going to be resisting you? How are you even going to know what somebody on the other planet's even doing? Let alone to make an instantaneous response, okay, you're dead. You store all this technology together. For the first time in mankind's history, that can happen as well. No wonder Jesus said, this is the worst time in mankind's history. You don't want to be there. So I want to give you some of that evidence that I believe this technology could fulfill these judgments, annihilating half of the planet in a very quick amount of time. And that first evidence is the militarization of drones. Okay? The militarization of drones. Okay? Now, if you are here last week, we saw basically the invasion getting you and I used to this, having these things flying around, all different sizes and shapes, okay, throughout society. We saw that in the private sector, the business sector, the agricultural sector, the commercial sector, the media sector, the transportation sector. Remember that? Semis with no human driver? That's comforting. <laughs> That's the tip of the iceberg, okay? But here's what's concerning. They're taking this same technology, and not only, it's not just in the public, now the police forces are really getting into this technology, Okay, and they're not just using it to monitor us, they're arming it in case you get out of line. Now, 
you can check it out for yourself, folks. Drones right now are being used for crowd control. They got some drones that are mounted with a pepper spray, and it's actually rapid fire. They can shoot from the drone to get rid of a crowd. Some are being equipped with facial recognition software to scan you and recognize you in a crowd. Ain't going to hide. Some are able to listen, scan all your cell phone, and grab all your data and track you. Right? We wouldn't fall for that stuff, would we? Well, hey, what's the latest craze that's going on right now? Pokemon Go. Have you been reading what uh, you get to have? The extra little thing that comes with your download? You better check out on it. You just gave them all rights over to your phone. And that phone will not only be able to track you, you just gave them rights over all your information, all your contacts. They will even have the ability to take pictures inside your house, inside any establishment. Now they can not only take pictures of us outside, but now it's inside because we got schnookered into downloading a program like that. Read the fine print. It is Big Brother on steroids, and it just keeps going on. But I'm not doing anything bad. But see, that's the dangling carrot. That's not the point, is it? You just gave them access to track you, monitor you, videotape you, record you, and anybody, anywhere you are. Oops. But that's what these drones are doing. So they they have that ability to literally, you may not even see the drone. It's scanning your cell phone data. Tracking you. It's being equipped uh, drones with infrared technology to look for heat signatures. Listen, behind walls. Oh, I'll just hide out. No, they can even see behind concrete walls with this technology. Okay? And, and what's even more alarming is now there's a partnership between police forces around the world and military forces. Now they're teaming up with this technology. Okay? And uh, they're using deadly drones uh, against the public. And I'm talking the ones like the Predator drones, the ones equipped with Hellfire missiles on the public. Now you think, well, that must be over in Europe. They're having trouble. I'm talking here in the United States. Folks, they've, believe it or not, they've already uh, launched predator drones against you and I, the American public. Did you know that? And you think, well, it must be a terrorist. <laughs> They're doing it for some pretty mundane reasons. Okay? Let me give you just one example. Okay? And believe it or not, a predator drone was launched against American citizens here in the United States okay, because they stole some cows. What? I'm not making this up. Watch this. Well, we begin this afternoon with signs that the U.S. may be moving in the direction of becoming a police state. Now, we've heard about drones being used in the Middle East. Most recently, Iran seized a U.S. drone accused of spying on the country, but now reports that predator drones are being used on American citizens on U.S. soil. This video pretty much sums it all up. Nelson County, North Dakota's Sheriff Kelly Yonke went looking for six missing cattle on a Brossard family farm when three armed Brossard brothers chased him away. Yonke called the Highway Patrol, a SWAT team, a bomb squad, and a predator drone operated by U.S. Customs and Border Protection. The drone was used to surveil the property until the Brossard brothers were observed to be unarmed. Then the SWAT team moved in to make the arrests. Yes, that really happened. An unmanned multi-million dollar drone was reportedly used to help local police track down stolen cows um, and their owners. So, so what is happening here in the U.S., and is this a sign of things to come? Uh, yeah, especially if you're going to launch it on an American citizen for that. Now, you guys know where I'm coming from. I'm not trying to downplay thievery. And stealing cows is a serious thing, people. But come on. Are you serious? Launching a predator drone on cattle thieves? You've got to be kidding me. What's the excuse? Oh, hey, hey, listen. I know we're taking a drastic step, but we're here to protect you, right? It's always good. Excuse me? 
Here's the problem. What if you became the cattle thief, so-called? What if you became the so-called bad guy? What if you became the next so-called terrorist, and who gets to define that anyway? You're going to launch it on us? And did you notice that camera wasn't just equipped with a camera on the drone, but it was infrared camera, and did you notice they could see inside that barn who they were, and apparently with such good resolution, they could even tell if they were armed or not. Oh, I'll just hide out if they... No place to hide. Okay. Oh, and by the way, don't forget they're armed, and they could take you out. Uh, but I don't know about you guys. Whew. I mean, that's very concerning. But what really comforts me is our president is here to save us. <laughs> now, you must have been reading my notes because it actually says, insert laughter here. So, <laughs> this is great, right? Are you kidding me? Yes, I'm being sarcastic. Believe it or not, folks, he not only is using drones right now to monitor the border. Isn't that a hot topic? But there's now planes, I kid you not, from this administration to launch not just three, not just 30, not just 300, not just 3,000, launch 30,000 surveillance drones across the United States of America. That's what this administration is up to. Let's watch this. A new generation of surveillance drones could soon be watching us all from overhead. The Federal Aviation Administration is expected to announce plans to expand the use of domestic drones in American airspace. Eyes in the sky similar to the unmanned aircraft that the United States has been using to target terrorists abroad. Here at home, the surveillance systems can be used to track terrorists or drug dealers or to find missing children or locate wandering Alzheimer's patients. Lots of different good uses, but the critics warn the use of drones presents a major threat to all of our personal privacy. Meantime, a newly discovered Air Force intelligence document leaked and posted online states, if drones capture surveillance footage, of Americans incidentally. The data can be stored and analyzed by the Pentagon for up to 90 days. And that's not all. The Fox Reports chief correspondent Jonathan Hunt is with us. When, when are these drones likely to be flying and how many of them might there be above our heads? Well, there's a growing number already, Shep, but according to the experts and indeed the FAA itself, there could be as many as 30 thousand of these kind of drones, 30,000 flying overhead within the next decade. Now, obviously, law enforcement uh, agencies love these drones, and they say they'll be able to save lives in things like hostage situations or search and rescue operations. But obviously, the privacy concerns are huge because they will in effect bring every single backyard in America into the authorities' view. Well, that's exciting. Interesting. And apparently, remember, with these predators, if uh, they're not just monitoring you, uh, if somebody gives an order, they can, uh, they can take you out. Now, for those of you who still think that our president would never do something like this, you need to think again, because apparently, um, he really likes drones. Some of the reports that he's actually sat in on uh, drone strikes and things of that nature. In fact, he actually even said he was getting really good at killing people with drones. Now, I didn't say that. Apparently he did. Watch this. You know, the last thing I ever, ever expected to come out of a Nobel Peace Prize winner's mouth is this. I'm really good at killing people. Yes, folks, according to a new book, Double Down, our beloved president, constitutional lawyer, Nobel laureate Barack Obama, apparently loves to brag about how well he can execute human beings with drones. Wow. That's not very reassuring. So much for being protected by our president. That went out the window. Uh, apparently, you get out of line, and, and, and you give him an excuse to do what he admits he likes to do. 
I'm going to kill you with a drone. Oh, oh just one of the, um, what's that? 30,000 that he wants where? Right here in the United States of America. Not to mention all the other ones flying around the whole world. Uh, there's no place to hide. Go back to our text. When the order is given, you don't do what I say. I'm going to know everybody, what they're doing, what they're saying, where they're at on the planet, and I'm going to make, force, order, cause you to take this mark. If you don't do, do what I say, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to give an order. I've got the technology around the globe. I'll start taking people out right and left. And you know what? I, I bet you in a relatively short amount of time as this continues to grow, you could annihilate a huge portion of the planet without nuclear warfare. You see, we just thought that this technology was going to stay abroad. The administration is tricking us. In fact, right now, it's been on record that just under 6,000 people have been reported to be killed with drones already. And that's just what is being reported. So what's the actual number? In fact, once again, uh, Hollywood. How many of you guys have learned that Hollywood is not just about entertainment? Hello. Hollywood is a propaganda tool. Hollywood is also a preparation tool to prepare us for the future that is coming. How many of you guys realize that? Right? I mean, we, we joke about it all the time. Man, that was just like on that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Man, that was just like on Star Trek or Star Wars. Whoa. And it's coming alive. Well, I believe that Hollywood's preparing us for this bloody future with drones taking people out from the sky. Of all shows, <laughs> of all shows to depict this scenario, man, it's a surfer show. Hawaii Five O. watch this. All right, this is QV901. It's a surveillance drone with no other payload, which means it flies unarmed. Three weeks ago, while I was on a routine test flight, it was hijacked, never recovered. How do you hijack a drone? GPS spoofing. Somebody jammed Van Pax's control signal to the UAV, fed it false GPS data, and made it land wherever the hijacker wanted it. Okay, so what are we looking at here? Inside job? Security breach? We don't know yet. Uh, Van Pax gave us a list of all their current ex-employees that had clearance on the project, so we should run their names against the victims, see if we come up with a connection. Right, and if we find one, that might explain motive. Well, I'll tell you something. It takes a special kind of brilliance to hijack a drone, arm it, and reprogram it. Okay, two things. Number one, now you know why. Reed and I, last week, we did not go to the beach when we were in Hawaii, for those of you wondering. We deliberately stayed away from there. It was all business, and we got out of there as fast as we could. Okay, but seriously. <laughs> but number two, excuse me, Hawaii 5 It's a surfer show, right? 
I mean, I found this so odd. I mean, of all entities with a, a killer drone scenario, it's, what? I mean, I've got family in, in Hollywood and working in the industry and stuff. It's like, come on. Right? I know sometimes as a scriptwriter, you start running out of ideas. Well, I mean, how do you come up with this scenario? Oh, hey, what are you doing? I don't know. We've, we've done the surfboard shark scene so many times. I, I'm out of ideas. What about you? I don't know. How about a killer drone? Really? Are you scraping the barrel that bad? Or are you preparing us for something? Now, notice how this guy actually said that drones, that drone could be hijacked and be used for nefarious purposes. Now, believe it or not, that is accurate. These things can't be hijacked. And what's really scary is when you put the the same drone system together, these things are being built to be controlled on a global basis. And not only has our government now made it mandatory, mandatory to report, report all drones, even private drones, to keep track of them for our safety, of course. But listen to this. Verizon has teamed up with and is developing technology, okay, with NASA, of all entities, NASA, okay, to direct and monitor America's growing fleet of civilian and commercial drones, okay? And they're working at this at uh, NASA's Ames Research Center in Silicon Valley. Why? Because, quote, here's the rationale. At the moment, there is little to stop operators flying wherever they want. And the agency would like a technology that would automatically geofence drones to keep them away from sensitive areas like the White House. (gasps) Boy, wasn't that the rub? Oh, you heard about them spying on people. You heard about them maybe getting too close to a plane in an airport. But that's the last straw. One of these landed at the White House. Now, it's called create a crisis. You manage the outcome. And because of that, folks, that's the rationale. So now we need the government to control these things. Well, this will allow them to, developing this with Verizon NASA, they're developing a system to, quote, ground drones in bad weather, help them to avoid buildings and each other, and to decide which drones have priority in congested airspaces. Now listen to the technology they're using to do this. NASA is using sensors ranging from radar, cell phone signals, hence the cooperation from Verizon, but they're also using... Satellites, orbiting satellites. Wait a second, satellites go around the world. So you're putting a system into place to control and monitor these things and take over these things if you need to. Not just in America, but around the world. I don't know. I don't know if they come up with a name yet, uh, Robert, or, uh, but I wonder if they're going to call it Skynet. Controlling all these things on a global basis. And I sure hope that nobody hijacks it for a nefarious purpose, like, a, oh, I don't know, an antichrist false prophet and does some dirty deed, like, boom, annihilates half the planet just like that without nuclear warfare. Starting to see why Jesus said this is headed towards the worst time in the history of mankind, and you don't want to be there. There's only one way out of this mess, and that's through Jesus Christ. And if you're not saved, you need to get saved now. Do not spurn his mercy. The second way that we're seeing the army of this drone technology is the miniaturization of it and also the mimicking of nature. Okay, and we're going to hit that one first. And believe it or not, folks, this is truly going global. Our country is not the only one the United States getting into not just drone technology, but listen, killer drone technology. The whole world is getting in on this. Listen to this. Russia has been working overtime on developing their own killer drones, and they've recently announced plans to build, listen, a military drone base. That's all this thing does. A military drone base in the Arctic, just 420 miles off the Alaskan coast. China is also getting in on this. They developed a successful drone system. and In fact, they're making so many drones, now they're starting to sell them to other countries. Yay, thanks. 
okay? And everybody's got them now. Do the research. France, uh, Germany, Italy, Turkey, England, India, Israel, Iran, Pakistan, oh boy, and it's growing. In fact, listen to this headline, and this is a direct quote, not making this up. Every country will have not just drones, armed drones in 10 years. Every country, every country on the planet is going to have this militarized technology. And, and again, for those who think, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Pastor Billy. All right, they might be launching 30,000 of these babies here in the United States. They might be using them to not just monitor you, but if I get out of line, they're going to try to take me out. Hey, listen, if I hear one of these things come my way, I'm just going to hide. Don't you? First of all, if you hear the thing, it's too late. <laughs> you know the technology. Okay, so that's dream number one. Dream number two is, folks, are you, as if they really haven't thought of that. Excuse me? Okay, what they're doing, it's not just the Predator drone. It's not just Global Hawk and other ones that are out there, okay? They're, I'm telling you, folks, they are doing all kinds of things with this technology, and there's no place to hide, okay? They, they are now making this technology to look like n- uh, nature. They're miniaturizing it, okay? Here's my point. So that you won't even recognize it as a drone in the first place, right? You see, you just thought that was a bird hanging on the line. No, it's not a bird. No, you just thought that was a lizard <laughs> just crawling over there in the corner. No, that's not a lizard. A spider, a kangaroo. Every one of those, I'm not making this up. Do the research. Those are being droned out, and they look just like them. You wouldn't even recognize it. It's a drone. Oh, I know what to do. I'm going to hide out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go under, underwater. I'm going to build a biosphere and eat seaweed and hide out. Uh, no, no, you won't. Because, oh, oh, hey, look at that jellyfish. That's a jelly. No, it's not a jellyfish. A stingray. No, hey, look at those lobster. Let's get, no, you don't want to catch that lobster. How about that shark? Speaking of Hawaii, uh, what turned me on to this technology was, uh, once again, we were suffering for the Lord. It was uh, last year we was preaching in Hawaii. What are you going to do? You know, hey, sometimes you get Jersey, sometimes you get Hawaii. No offense to Jersey if you're from Jersey. But you're right. <laughs> anyway, so I'm preaching on big brother issues out there, right? I had this guy in the Navy, okay, he was over there, and uh, he's talking about and, uh, uh, some of the technology. He goes, Pastor Billy, he says, have you, have you seen uh, the drone sharks that they've been working on for years? I said, no. He says, check it out. He says, it's so real, you can't even tell. He says, it looks like an actual shark. Not like, not like draws. He says, no, this looks like Sure enough, I got back home here in Vegas, did the read. You've got to be kidding me. And he was talking about when he was involved in it seven years ago. What do you got today? Imagine any animal on the land, in the air, on the water. Is it really an animal or is it a drone? That's what I'm saying. You, you won't even see this stuff coming. Oh, I'm going to run. I'm going to hide. You won't recognize it to hide. Okay. And, it's, again, it's, let me just give you one example, okay? Uh, this is a robotic cheetah that DARPA, if you're familiar with, Defense Agency Research Project Agency, making some of the high-tech military stuff for our military. This is one of the projects they're working on. Watch this. First, let's start with who is in charge of technology developments for the military. That is the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, an agency that is the stuff of of, uh, mystery novels. Uh, And recently, we've noticed they've been beefing up on robots. Most recently, they contracted with Boston Dynamics to create a cheetah robot. Check that out. Look at this drawing. It's a four-legged robot that reportedly runs faster than the fastest human. It 
will be able to zigzag and take tight turns in order to, quote, chase and evade. It'll also be able to make sudden stops and could end up with a tail. Or, if you know this technology, what also gets to be equipped on, uh, not just a tail, but uh, you could have some sort of gun or some other armed lethal weapon and, wait a second, a cheetah? Cheetah's kind of a wild animal, isn't it? Of all things to pick. That's very interesting. I don't know. I'm not going to say thus saith the Lord, but let's go back to that text and see how one-fourth of the earth is annihilated. And, and, and I wonder what John saw when he was trying his best to describe it 2,000 years ago. And he says, Revelation 6, 7 through 8, When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. And I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. Okay? And they were given a power over the fourth of the earth to kill by what? Sword, famine, plague, and of all things to mention, wild beasts of the earth. Maybe it's a literal wild beast. Certainly could be. Maybe it's something that looked like a wild beast. Could be. I'm not going to say it thus to the Lord, but when you take a look at the technology we have today and you equip it with weapons, I don't know. Makes you kind of wonder. But believe it or not, folks, it's getting even worse than that. They're not just mimicking nature. They're miniaturizing them. Okay, imagine any insect, and even that is being covered too. Oh, and they come with a payload. Because they made a switch from what's called UAVs, unmanned aerial vehicles, to MAVs, micro aerial vehicles. And when I mean micro, I mean micro. You see, I mean, this is Vegas, right? You, you thought that was a cockroach, right? Mm-mm, that wasn't a cockroach. What about that bug that's starting to come through your front door? It's just a bug, right? Like, no, a beetle. It's just a beetle. We just saw Ron. We saw a beetle yesterday. I'm sure that's what it was. Just a beetle, right? Uh, no, no. Oh, what about that? It's a termite, a, a dragonfly, a bat, a butterfly, a hornet. You name it. Everything I just named, they're actually turning into drones. Not make-believe. You won't even recognize it. Oh, and by the way, um, they're carrying a deadly payload so that even the drone insect can take you out. Here's one from the Air Force. Let's take a look at that. Micro air vehicles, or MAVs, will play an important role in future warfare. The urban battlefield calls for tools to increase the warfighter's situational awareness and capacity to engage rapidly, precisely, and with minimal collateral damage. MAVs will be integrated into future Air Force layered sensing systems. These systems may be airdropped or hand launched depending on the mission requirements. I'm sorry, did that plane just shoot out a bunch of little tiny drones? Terrifying, (laughs) really terrifying. So these micro air vehicles or MAVs are designed to deal with urban battlefields with rapid precision. The question is what urban battles are military fighting that they need this kind of creepy technology? And forget about shooting these things down, they're about this big. The small size of MAVs allows them to be hidden in plain sight. Once in place, an MAV can enter a low-powered extended surveillance mode for missions lasting days or weeks. This may require the MAV to harvest energy from environmental sources, such as sunlight or wind, or from man-made sources, such as power lines and vibrating machinery. Hidden in plain sight on missions that could last weeks? powered by the sun or power lines and did you see that little terminator looking pigeon orwell would be rolling in his grave if he could see the absurdly dystopic reality we're about to be living in but their small size is not just to linger undetected outdoors it's also to gain access inside 
Small size and agile flight will enable MAVs to covertly enter locations inaccessible by traditional means of aerial surveillance. Multiple MAVs, each equipped with small sensors, will work together to survey a large area. Information from these sensors will be combined, providing this swarm of MAVs with a big picture point of view. Hmm, maybe these places are not conducive to traditional surveillance methods because it's supposed to be illegal to surveil people's homes without a warrant. And also, how frightening is it to think of a swarm of these little robots coming at you in a dark hallway? Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, they see all. They communicate together, offering this big picture image to whoever's sitting on the other end of the screen. Can anyone say Minority Report? Because this is literally what this country's turning into. And if that isn't chilling enough, sit tight, because it's about to get worse. While some MAVs may be used purely for visual reconnaissance, others may be used for targeting or tagging of sensitive locations. Individual MAVs may perform direct attack missions and can be equipped with incapacitating chemicals, combustible payloads, or even explosives for precision targeting capability. Wow. So if the surveillance fails, then these mini robots can and will set off explosives, chemical agents, and even assassinate human beings. At whose direction? Obama? The same person who has targeted the execution of a 16-year-old without due process? Gee, that's comforting. But will these MAVs really be used everywhere in the future of warfare? MAVs will become a vital element in the ever-changing warfighting environment and will help ensure success on the battlefield of the future. Unobtrusive, pervasive, lethal, micro-air vehicles, enhancing the capabilities of the future warfighter. Unobtrusive, pervasive, and lethal. So, welcome to the brave new world, kids, and watch out for bugs, because the next time you try to kill a fly, it might kill you first. Whoa. Whoa. All right, I'm getting rid of my bird bath. I'm stocking up on fly swatters. I'm going to survive. Are you kidding me? You got to, this is all, folks, you just saw, even the news is starting to pick up on this. This is not some conspiracy theory. While we're all distracted on other things, all this is being built around the planet. How do you, how, how do, you do this? I mean, I mean, how do you annihilate half the planet in a relatively short amount of time? John sees this 2,000 years ago. You're not using nuclear warfare. I mean, you're talking every single nook and cranny in the world, and, and you know people are going to resist. They're going to run. How in the world is one guy in his cohort going to know anything on that? Well, simple. Apparently, you give an order like an Obama or whoever, and you unleash a, a deadly force of killer drones literally everywhere to, to, to swarm their prey and, uh, in the air, on the ground, uh, in the water, under the water, uh, animals, bugs, you name it. And you control it from a centralized artificial intelligence location. Folks, this is current technology. It's making the Bible come alive. The point is this. These are events that culminate during the seven-year tribulation. The rapture of the church takes place prior. We don't know the day nor the hour. But if we're seeing the technology being put into place for that time frame, rapture practice... It's getting close, folks. You better get motivated. And if you're not saved, you better get saved now. Why do you think God has you here? 
He's reaching out to you before it's too late. The third and final one, I've been teasing you for the last uh, couple weeks on this one. Uh, Believe it or not, folks, they're doing this. They're making men drones. They're making actual, I'm not making this up, Terminator robots, okay? Now, I don't think they have necessarily an accent like Arnold, uh, but who knows, okay? And, uh, but this is real stuff. I'm not make-believe, okay? And apparently, I don't know, I'm thinking the rationale, okay, just apparently in case the other drones don't get you in the air, on the ground, the water, under the water, insects, animals, all over the place, all armed to the teeth. They're also building, I kid you not, man-made-looking Terminator robots, and they've got plans to arm these babies to the teeth as well. In fact, they're being looked upon as the new future soldier, not just in America, but folks, I'm telling you, all around the world. Now, this is not even counting all the military fighting equipment that is all being droned out. You don't need a human for any of that stuff anymore on top of that. I'm talking fighter jets, jeeps, jets, uh, boats, submarines, helicopters, tanks, you name it. Lord willing, that will be next week. How they're tying this together with an AI system. Okay? But they don't need a human for anything, including soldiers. We'll make our own soldiers. Okay? Human-aid robots. And, and this, is, this is one of their earlier versions Look at how far they'd already come. This one's called Petman. Watch this. In 2009, Boston Dynamics introduced Petman, a robot that balanced itself, walked, and even did some calisthenics. We're interested in getting this robot out into the world. Out in the world is uh, just a totally different challenge than in the lab. And we're making uh, pretty good progress on making it so it has uh, mobility that's sort of within shooting range of yours. I'm not saying it can do everything you can do, but uh, you can imagine if we keep pushing, uh, we'll get there. Was that freaky or what? You'll get there to what? You'll get there to apparently your ultimate goal to create a real-life Terminator robot that will be armed to the teeth and will be part of the program to hunt people down, just like in the movies. Now, lest you think that uh, militaries around the world are not serious about this, they are. And I quote, listen to this, robots may replace one-fourth, one-fourth of U.S. combat shoulders, soldiers by 2030, says General Robert Cohn. Check it out yourself. And they can not only be uh, fitted with machine guns, but grenade launchers and lethal weapons. Now, you're thinking, why in the world would they do this? Part of it is a cost factor. Listen to this. Unlike human soldiers, these soldiers have no fear. They don't whine. They don't cry. They don't complain. They do what they're told every single time. And there's another reason. You don't have to pay for a lifetime of health care and stuff. Listen to this. Training and feeding and supplying humans while at war is pricey. And after the soldiers leave the service, there's a lifetime of medical care to cover. In 2012, the benefits for serving and retired members of the military comprised of one-fourth of the Pentagon's budget request. So they suggest now, let's replace one-fourth of human soldiers with robot soldiers, and that becomes your rationale to go down this route. And folks, they want to make them as human as possible. Okay, listen to this. DARPA, you know the same ones working on the robotic cheetah? Same entity, folks, with the military. Uh, seven years ago, so this is seven years ago, what, are you, what do you have today? But seven years ago, they were investing millions of dollars in what's called neuromorphic chips. Neuromorphic chips is the fancy uh, term for a computer chip that mimics the biological cortex. Let me put it even simpler, simply a brain chip. 
It's a brain chip. And quote, researchers today are putting those brain chips into drones, and this will give them the ability to create real-life Terminator robot scenario a reality. That was seven years ago. And quote, thanks to the brain chip, a robot doesn't need a human to tell it what to do anymore. It can learn and act on its own. See, Pet Man, if you notice, he had the cord on him, right? Okay, and you see him kind of walking a little bit weird. It's kind of like after you guys go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, I see you. You know, so I told you, don't do it. No, but you saw, he, was, he, was, he still had to be controlled by a human. Still crazy, still advanced. They came out with his new brother. This was just a couple months ago. His name is Atlas. Watch what Atlas can do. They've cut the cord. This thing's autonomous. Watch this. I don't know if you guys heard that or not, but I think he said, I'll be back. <laughs> Folks, I wish I was making this up, man. This is actual technology. It's not coming. It's already here. And it's such a serious, not just an American issue, it's a such a serious global issue. And I quote, people around the world, even non-Christians, see the danger in this. And they're saying, and I quote, to the UN, stop these killer robots. What is coming? What is going? Why? Because once they go fully autonomous, you just created a global last day's weapon to pull off a last day's slaughter. How in the world do you annihilate half the planet just like that? You put all this technology together. 
in the air, on the ground, in the water, under the water, in the sky, robots, insects, animals, you name it, and you arm them all to the teeth, tied into AI for the first time in mankind's history. Piece of cake. The Bible is coming alive. And that's why Jesus says this, folks, when these things begin to take place, what do you do? Christians stand up, lift up, because your redemption draws near. He's coming back to get us. Woo! That's good news, okay? And that means time is short. We've got to get cracking. We've got to get busy living holy lives for Jesus, being a positive example for him as we work together as Christians, getting busy sharing the gospel, amen? That's why we're still here, okay? But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I beg you, please, heed these signs, heed these warnings. Why in the world, again, do you think God's got you here? He's trying to wake you up to realize if you procrastinate, you'll be left behind. And you will be thrust into the seven-year tribulation, the worst time in the history of mankind. Oh, and by the way, for those who think I'll be the ultimate survivor, even if you make it to the end of the seven-year tribulation, and you're still not saved, you know what the scripture says? At the very end, at the second coming of Jesus Christ, there's going to be an angel harvest. And he, angels will come and swoop you away and throw you straight into hell. You won't escape. There's only one way out. And that's through Jesus Christ. You need to receive him as your savior today. This is not a game. This is the most amazing act of... See, see the seven-year tribulation is a time where God pours out his wrath. Why? Because, hello, look at what's going on in our world. Look at all the wickedness. And the wickedness we don't even know about, but God knows about. You wonder why his wrath is going to be poured out, not just for one day, not just for one year, not just for three years, not just for five, but for seven years nonstop? Because God is God and he is just and he will put an end to all this evil and rottenness. But he's also a God of love and mercy. And he will give you an opportunity to escape that. If you would just accept what he did for you. He gave his son Jesus. We could never live the sinless life, but Jesus did. We could never pay the price for our crimes and sins committed against a holy and righteous God. But Jesus did. And since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, you need to receive it by faith. God gave his son to rescue you and to give you life. It's kind of like what this father did with his son for the benefit of other people. This is John 3.16. This is what God is calling to you to receive today. We'll close in prayer.
How does God do it? All of humanity is on a speeding train headed straight to hell. And not one of them is worthy to escape it. He gave the decision and he pulled the lever on his son. Jesus. It's almost so simple. It's so tempting to say, no, really? That's it? That's the only way. Why do you resist? God gave his son to rescue you. Not only from the seven-year tribulation right now, but from all eternity in a place called hell. Don't resist anymore. I'll be down here in front in just a second. We're going to have an altar call. Today's your day. Come forward and receive Christ your Savior before it's too late. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Now, before you answer that, let me uh, share with you a couple things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this problem that we have, that we're separated from God not only now, but we're going to be separated from Him for all eternity in a place called hell. We, we, we don't even want to admit that. So, once again, out of love, God gives us what's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray to, to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from Him. Let, let, let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need a Savior, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, how many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-ray, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The Fifth Commandment says this, you shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of you have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we, we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even His name is holy. And that's why the Ten Commandments says, You shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ? The only name, the Bible says, under heaven that men might be saved. We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin, then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that, really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said, if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more, the Bible says, okay, you think you're so good? Uh, then don't ever once commit murder. You shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I, at least I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible again says that the sin of hatred, wishing someone was uh, dead, is akin to the sin of murder. It's just, if you will, you pull the trigger in your heart. So, so, so how are you doing? That's just five out of ten of God's divine x-ray, by the way, uh, showing us the problem. How are you doing? Not if, but when your time comes, we're all going to stand before God. You will be forced to admit what He already knows. 
Hey, God, let me in. Let me in. I'm a, I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a thief. I'm a, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer. And the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not headed to heaven in that state. You're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said if we would just admit this, number one, then he could fix it. And it gets fixed only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there, and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins, against Him. And you could actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, we see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime and, and, and the, the sentence has passed, the judge has knocked down the gavel and says, hey, uh, you are going to jail, you are going to the death penalty for that crime. And, and we know that people, that happens all the time and they go to jail, but believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail a full pardon for their crimes. And by receiving that pardon, the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks, that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us, but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it. And it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death row who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extended to them a full pardon, but they've rejected it. And by their own doing, they went to the death penalty. Folks, don't make that same mistake for all eternity. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done. All of it. Even the sins we don't even know about. He wants to pardon you and forgive you, but you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon His name, ask Him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and uh, things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.